Hello and welcome to our video service for Easter Sunday, the 4th of April, from Glenboig and Gartkosh churches. Uh, some churches have been able to return to their buildings last Sunday and this, unfortunately, we're not quite in that position yet, but hope to in the next few weeks. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. So let's sing, Jesus Christ is risen today. The psalmist writes, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. 
The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. You are my God and I will give thanks. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. So let us pray. Dear God, as we assemble online, in our own homes or out and about, on different devices and even at different times, we pray, make us one, Lord. As we recognise that some churches have gone ahead with in-person services now that regulations allow, while others like ourselves for a variety of reasons are holding back, we may struggle with not being in church for another Easter day. As we chafe under restrictions, yet know that disregarding them could set us back, even towards a further lockdown, as is happening in some other countries. Help us to keep on going. And as we arrive at Resurrection Day, having followed our Passion Week journey through the highs of Palm Sunday, to the temple, the anointing, the teaching and the greatest commandment, the supper with friends, and the lows of betrayal by a disciple, the unjust trials, mob rule, flogging and death in the most painful of ways. Help us to celebrate. We as disciples might ask, as some do in public life and media, how is this possible? It's not scientific. Is it really you? And if you have risen again, what does it mean for us? Help us this morning to explore and celebrate that. And as our banner at Gartkost says, to recognise and claim that Christ lives. Help us to praise you, to recognise anew that you are a God of new beginnings and fresh starts, bringing new life to our world that so desperately needs it. We pray in Jesus' name and using the pattern of prayer which he shared with his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just a few notices to highlight. In the next couple of Sundays, uh, I hope that we will have services to be shared on our usual channels from uh, other suppliers of services. I'm going to be taking a break in those next couple of weeks. Pastoral cover will be available from the Rev Steve Marr and our session clerks will have his details, as indeed will local funeral directors if needed. If you missed either the daily video reflections on the seven words from local ministers, or the Facebook Live videos for, for a Good Friday afternoon, you can, of course, go back and catch up at your leisure. And to let you know in more detail that subject to any changes in restrictions and any changes of government advice, we do plan to resume uh, services in our church buildings. That's from Sunday the 25th of April in Gartkosh and Sunday the 2nd of May in Glenboig, each at 11am and continuing uh, on a alternate fortnightly basis, if you see what I mean. So there will be a Sunday service every Sunday, either in Gartkosh or Glenboy.
Now let's hear and share the song. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? gospel. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early, on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen, 
he is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Are you feeling like you're in an in-between time? Perhaps the whole of the last year has been something like that for you. Or perhaps it's only been in those times of lockdown that felt that particular way, when you were just waiting, using up time until things could get back to some sort of normal. Perhaps the disciples felt like that after Jesus' crucifixion, though they would not perhaps have anticipated there being an after, a normal to get back to. They were in an in-between time. From that moment of being scattered at Jesus' arrest, perhaps observing his crucifixion from afar and asking, what do we do now? Hiding from the authorities, waiting to see what would happen next. And what did happen was probably not what they expected, even though Jesus had been preparing them for it and prophesying what would happen. Since we have been looking at Mark's gospel this year, I wanted uh, Easter to have Mark's account of Jesus' resurrection. And those who know the story might think, well, surely there's something missing. Where was Jesus in that reading? Now, there are further parts to chapter 16. There's what some call a short ending and a longer ending. But scholars think that they may both have been added to Mark's gospel some time afterwards, possibly loosely based around some of the other gospel accounts. But it feels to me like we can learn much, even from this rather abrupt ending to the gospel of the woman going away, trembling and fearful. They had gone to properly look after Jesus' body, for it had been a bit of a rush job getting it laid in the tomb beforehand. They wondered, though, how would they get in? And then, hearing the news of his resurrection simply from the angel that was waiting there, they told them to spread the news to Peter and the other disciples. But they fled. It says they said nothing to anyone, at least not originally. Of course, they must have told others in time, whether as recorded in that later part of the ending to the gospel or in the other gospels. Otherwise, how would we know of it now? It's often remarked upon, but I think it's worth repeating that we don't realise or recognise sometimes, but the first people to know and to be able to say anything about Jesus' resurrection were women. Women, remember, treated at that time very much as second-class citizens, unable to give a recognised testimony in legal cases. But here they've been granted the privilege of being the first to know, the first to be instructed to go and evangelise, literally to share the good news of Jesus being alive and who would go ahead of the disciples into Galilee. In John's Gospel, chapter 21, we see that the disciples did return to Galilee as instructed and ended up having a fish barbecue on the beach with the risen Jesus. We don't have to worry about the fact that Mark's original Gospel may not record appearances of Jesus beyond the angel's words, as we have plenty other evidence for it. It does, however, lead me to think again of how things would have been for the disciples. They've had high hopes that this rabbi, this teacher, would turn things around for their nation, their people. Then they've gone through a traumatic week 
ending with them basically abandoning him as he goes through this massive miscarriage of justice and is executed. Feeling low, they probably not know what to do. So faced with hearing a apparently fanciful story about an angel and an empty tomb, it's not likely they would believe straight away. Thomas gets the bad reputation for disbelief, but really few of them would believe without evidence of their own eyes. For us, coming to it afterwards, it's a bit like Christmas and the Nativity story, for many of us anyway. Because we might know the importance of the story because of what happened afterwards, because of the influence that these stories have had on so much of our society and culture, even if these days we're not truly a Christian country in many ways. But if you're coming afresh to this or coming back after a long gap or just thinking more deeply about it for the first time or the first time in a while, maybe you feel like the women or the disciples and that all you really have is a report from someone else who said, we heard that he was not there, that he is risen. Now, there are many writers who can present the evidence and arguments for it truly having happened from C.S. Lewis to more recent writers like Josh McDowell and Lee Strobel, there have often been cases of atheists who've wanted to disprove the resurrection and discovered in their researches that actually the evidence points in the other direction, becoming, in C.S. Lewis's memorable words, the most reluctant convert in all England. Whether it's the well-attested documents, the cultural evidence of the times, how the Romans would normally do things, even the argument that says, well, if the body had been stolen, surely if it was by those hostile to Christians, they would have produced it in order to quash these stories of resurrection. And if taken by his followers, would they really have followed through on a deception as far as being persecuted to their own deaths? That's what happened to many Christ followers in the immediate and following years. The evidence is, in fact, wider than the resurrection. It's strewn not just through Jesus' life, and ministry, his teaching, his miracles, his fulfilment of many prophecies, but also through history, as people have been guided to remarkable conclusions and gone through amazing experiences. So this Easter, I encourage each of us, whether a long-time believer, new to faith, returning to the fold, or exploring whether or not we think this may be for us, let's be open. Be open to the evidence, be open to the supernatural, the miracles of healing or provision or the resurrection itself or the intervening of God through the Holy Spirit in history and in our lives today. I trust that you will be not trembling and bewildered, but certainly in awe of a God who created an amazing world with beautiful sunsets, amazing creatures, a mind-boggling universe with incredible distances and a huge number and wide variety of stars and galaxies but also that you will get to know or get to know better a God who wants to know you, is interested in your life, your thoughts, your activities. Spending time with the master craftsman is good for his creations to be better at the things he's created for us to do, recognising that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, that we're special not for what we have or what we've done, but because we bear the maker's mark, the image of God. The resurrection is one of the key moments of history, demonstrating a power over death and of the way that life can be made new, of the path that we trust we too may tread of 
being renewed and restored. That can be as an individual, but also thinking ahead to that time when there will be a renewed, a new heaven and a new earth. There'll be no more suffering or sorrow or tears. That's the amazing promise. And though we live in an in-between time just now, we can look back and be reassured that we have the hope to look forward to. May God grant you a happy and faithful Easter and be with you through all your challenges and in-between times. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing of that amazing morning. See what a morning gloriously bright. God, we give you thanks for the many blessings which we have. There are times when it's harder to recognise them when we focus on the negatives and difficulties. 
These may often be serious and not to be minimized, but help us be like the psalmist who may cry out to you from the depths, yet acknowledges that in the end their faith and hope is in you. We're thankful that you've met our individual needs and that where we may be finding it challenging to make ends meet, grant that government and independent bodies alike will be standing in the gap for those who need it the most. We continue to remember the work of groups like the food banks in Cope Bridge, Moody'sburn and elsewhere, and of our friends in the Salvation Army who are distributing the Easter eggs gathered and donated by folk in our area. We're thankful too that even where incomes may be uncertain, people continue to support our congregations, either by saving up their envelopes or direct, direct giving to the bank, and also for those who've completed gift aid forms, enabling us to reclaim money from the government. We ask your blessing on these and other donations that are given to the church, that we may continue to meet our obligations. Help us to trust in the one who multiplied a little gift to meet a great need. We pray for our office bearers and volunteers as some are preparing for a return to the church buildings in a few weeks' time, or are looking into funds that may be available to support us and changes that we may need to make. Help us to rebuild our sense of church community and to make new and renewed connections out into our parishes. We continue to remember our friends in local churches and faith communities, those whose buildings I visited on Friday, those who have shared in the Seven Words Reflections, those who I serve on chaplaincy teams with or meet up with periodically for collegial support. Help us to work together where we can and encourage folk to grow in their faith. We pray for our national church, with preparations being made for an online general, general assembly. We remember those who are exploring a calling are still going through training with all the challenges this brings at this time. In particular, I pray on for Scott, who I've been helping to support, and for another friend, both of whom are at different stages of discerning their calls. May you guide and direct them and those who assess such a call. As our schools are now in holiday time, we pray for head teachers and their staff to get a break and some rest from the challenges of recent times, but also in their preparations for what lies ahead next term. And we think of other sectors who are doing vital work as we continue to pray for our doctors, nurses and other caring professions, both in the hospitals and in the community and the many support staff that go to support that work, but also our police and emergency services, those who are doing deliveries of essential items, many who continue to do the roles that are unseen, but only remembered when we see an issue, such as cleansing and recycling teams. We pray for our world, asking for peace in Myanmar, Mozambique, and any places where things are less certain and insecure. And in our nation and others who are looking towards elections, may the campaigns be, be held safely and fairly. And may the voters elect those who have their best interests at heart. We continue to remember all those who've lost loved ones. Thinking particularly of the family and friends of Billy Blackie, one of the former BB officers at Gartkosh, and especially remembering his sister Mary Potter and family. We know that whenever we're bereaved into whatever cause, it's hard. And so we ask for comfort for all those who mourn. We pray too for healing for those who are in hospital or ill at home, and especially for an ongoing recovery for Gordon Black and for Ronnie Blair. And we pray for ourselves. Help us to know and trust in your resurrection, and to know that Easter hope and joy in our lives. Bless us and hear all our prayers spoken and silent as we lift them to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
So let's conclude with the hymn that I always feel without which no Easter is truly complete. We sing, Thine be the glory. Thanks to Kenny McRae for his legendary editing skills, not to mention his patience in awaiting submissions. And of course, to Tom Lever and Annette and Morag for our hymns. And to others too, who I had approached about being part of this video, but uh, unfortunately didn't organise to get them involved this time. Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father. Set out then on a new life with Christ and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you and those whom you love and those whom you're called to love today and always. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. <laughs>